You're listening to MeSearch, a podcast featuring Filipino perspectives. In this show, we talk to trailblazers, business leaders, and bosses in the community to find out more about what they do. Join us as we learn and get to the bottom of things. Stay tuned. Hey, Dustin. Hey, Crystal. Hey, everybody and me searchers. No, just hey, me searchers. 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 Wow, look at this. What's happening to my face? Okay, so if anybody, okay, no one can see this because we're recording this not on Kumu. So this is a. This is a, a special, call. non-special episode, but actually, it's actually quite a special episode. Oh my god, so it's, special! It's 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 a regular episode. As I I'm talking, Crystal's continuing to make his face. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as, no one can see it, but Crystal, of course, like has her bang and bang, <laughs> but also like three chins. <laughs> <laughs> You're like really pressing your chin up against. I'm really right pressing <laughs> up my skull against my spine. <laughs> you know, oh my I gosh. I gotta say, I'm pretty much the the queen of finding extra skin around my neck. Based hey man, upon the skin is the best part. The skin is the best part. I'm a tasty treat. <laughs> you are a tasty treat. <laughs> oh, man. All right, y'all. We have a, a special episode, a really good interview lined up for you today. Uh, but before we get into that, Crystal, I have a question for you. Mm. Think about all of the times that you're like, hey, I want to get involved in the community. And I want to give back to the community. Um, can you... Talk to me about experiences where you've participated as somebody involved in like community organizing or community work. Yeah. Um, I used to organize maybe a decade ago uh, with a grassroots organization, Anakbay uh, in LA. Um, we'll touch on that a little later. Um, but yeah, I used to organize with them. I learned a lot, a lot from AB and... Um, I have to credit them with opening my mind and opening my eyes to um, the structures that exist because I think before that I didn't really understand or I couldn't really comprehend Mm. why bad things happen (laughs) Mm. to people and to certain people. And they really, I think, honestly, they were the... if, If we can go back to like PCN and how I said that I, I like my mind started to open um, when I learned about the 1904 World's Fair through PCN at PAC, being in AB opened my eyes and put a magnifying glass to everything that um, was pretty much the crux of, of, the 1904 World's Fair. And Mm -hmm. it kind of just opened up my eyes to seeing why things happen versus what is happening. So Mm. um, I think, um, yeah, they they introduced me to the why and not the what. And the why is now why I'm here today speaking with you. I think it was a really big part of like why I started to get – more involved in the Filipino community um, on a deeper level. And um, in a previous episode, I I talked a little bit about how um, I, I, I want to get more involved in a more meaningful way. And I guess we'll, we'll talk about that later, but um, yeah, they were, they were the reason and they were um, the group that, that took me in first and uh, I'm grateful for that time with them. And I'm grateful for this time with you because I feel like this is kind of a uh, maybe community work at a lower level. Not necessarily a, a lower level, but like 
a subset of like things that we can do in the community to like bring mm-hmm. awareness to issues that affect us as Filipinos in America or yeah. Filipinos in the diaspora. Yeah. Um, so I would consider like the work that we do very important to and meaningful for the folks um, in the community that we belong to and the community that we serve. I would yes. say like for uh, for me, um, outside of this like amazing project that I get to do with you, Crystal, um, I've done like uh, – I've I've participated in like developing programming for um like youth mentorship and like college preparation for like Filipinos uh in high school and in college. Um Lacoste mentorship is the name of the program. Um there's a lot of really amazing like educational opportunities for young Filipinos. Um and I hope that we can eventually like have all of these people on the show because there's a lot of amazing people doing a lot of amazing work. And this person that we have on the show today is the founder and leader of Lead Filipino, Dr. Angelica Cortez, um, a.k.a. Jell, as she is known in the community. And we're going to talk to her in this episode about all of the amazing things that Lead Filipino is doing, um, as well as some advice that she has for folks getting involved um, in community organizing, um, or even for folks who are interested and they want to learn a little bit more, but maybe a little hesitant as far as like what that kind of work entails. So it's going to be a very informative and very deep conversation. And I'm excited for everyone to listen yes, to it. Let's yes. Let's get into it. Let's get into Woo. it. Hi, y'all. So today on MeSearch, we have a super cool, super hip and super happening uh, leader in the community. We have the founder and executive director of Lead Filipino, Dr. Angelica Cortez, uh, or Jell, as she is known in the community. Welcome. Hey, hey now. Hey now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, So can you tell us what Lead Filipino is and how you came to create this organization? With pleasure. And I just want to thank you both for inviting me to share a bit about my background in in Lead Filipino and for just sharing in this quality time. So Lead Filipino is a nonprofit that I founded in 2015, and we are based out of San Jose, California. We focus on namely three areas, uh, civic engagement, uh, empowerment, and our education work. So that is just not really an apt description for what this organization has grown to become across a seven year span, but our work is is driven and led by students, families, individuals, primarily in Santa Clara County or in San Jose where we operate, but you'll see our work most pronounced in issues of civil rights and ethnic studies, We did a lot around the 2020 census to ensure a complete census count since Filipino American communities were uh, among some of the hardest to count populations for other reasons we could get into if that's of interest, but really working with our community to build the capacity, the appetite, and the desire to engage in civic leadership. And that can mean a bunch of things to, to numerous people and whether or not that speaks to someone through public service or serving on a board or a commission or running for some type of office at a local state or a national level, or it's simply starting your own nonprofit organization or being involved in grassroots initiatives. That's that's truly where our heart is. And this work would would not be what it is. And our evolution would not be Uh, where we are without really the the shared hearts and minds and and collective gifts that our students and families continuously bring to this org. And I'm sure I'll get into this a little bit more as we continue, but I founded this org back in 2015 and we are as gritty as as they come and continue to be. I think that'll forever be a part of our DNA where we operate out of the trunks of our cars, I like to say. I'm still not sure who has our banner at the current moment or who has <laughs> who has our projector and our stickers and name tags and PA systems, but, but uh, we became an official nonprofit organization in 2020. And we're preparing to move into our office space in downtown San Jose 
in July of this year. So big things popping for us. Heck yeah, big yes, things yes. popping. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> We are celebrating. That's so funny <laughs> about the uh, like the projector and the banner. Like I definitely have seen that in other organizations because like so many people get involved and like you lose track of your inventory. But also that's uh, it's a good problem to have because people are getting involved. <laughs> I remember we were hosting a workshop once and I believe this one was in San Jose. And at some point, council members and city commissioners and, you know, the who's who started coming to our events. And of course, our board members were like, we need to, we need to, you know, come correct. We need to have refreshments. We need all these things. And I'm like, I agree with you. But, you know, we're working on that. And I have a distinct memory of one of our foam core signs with our lead Filipino logo on, um, you know, propped up right at the entrance of this workshop. And there was a big like shoe mark on the sign. I was like, who stepped on this sign? when it was in someone's car. So I thought that was, I found it humorous. Like for me, I'm not tripping over those types of, you know, aesthetic, like in that moment, I found it to be funny. I don't think our board members shared in the sentiment though. Yeah, there's a big <laughs> shoe mark on one of our signs. <laughs> Grassroots baby. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So speaking of engaging, I know growing up, a lot of us Philams have been taught to keep our head down and to just be grateful for what we have, specifically being here in America. Um, but in recent years, I feel like we've seen a lot more folks from our generation beginning to raise their heads up, even just a little bit, uh, to either acknowledge and even go the extra mile to get more educated in the issues that have been plaguing this country since its inception. So... Why do you feel like folks might be hesitant to get more involved and to, to get into that civic engagement? And, and how would you empower them to get involved um, for folks who are like, you know, hey, hey, this is, yeah, I feel like this might be something I want to do. And, you know, Crystal, thank you for that question, because the emotion and the feelings that you just described that's exactly the audience that we are seeking to engage, that we want to involve in this work. So when we talk about Lead Filipino, our heart and the core of our mission, working to advance the, the, the tenets of social justice, being representation, service to the common good, stewardship, subsidiarity, and all of these values, it's really to welcome. To welcome, of course, building Philam leadership and Philam confidence in this work, but of course, we extend that to larger communities because part of this work is to create an ecosystem, an ecosystem that engages all of your senses, educationally, socially, emotionally, and for some people, spiritually. When we talk about these issues, take ethnic studies. We work across multiple coalitions statewide and have been involved in the past four statewide campaigns spanning from 2016 to make ethnic studies a reality in our public school system. First, it became an, elect, an elective, and now it is um, legislated and, and will become and is a graduation requirement in our K-12 public schooling system. And that was iterative and it took time. But to get back to the root of that, it's how do you create a system that is welcoming mm -hmm. and that invites those conversations? And that is not quick to admonish someone who doesn't understand or hasn't really been steeped in political history, combining Philam experiences in the diaspora, you know, worldwide, and what's happening in the Philippines, it can be overwhelming. It can be very convoluted. And then you throw in all of the different, we talk a lot in Lead Filipino about the generational dynamics, and then the overlay of mental health. So the generational dynamics at play, mental health, confidence, there's just so much in this in this environment that we find ourselves working at the intersections of. So how do we make it relatable and how do we make it palatable for folks is we bring it very local. So we're rooted in San Jose. We have rich partnerships in San Jose and because of that touchstone, we've been able to continuously build regionally across the state. And now we're building national partnerships on issues of Philam concerns, but 
to bring it very local, it's bite-sized. So people are attracted to Lead Filipino for myriad reasons, whether or not they come through our Fly Pinay's Leadership Summit, which is held every March during Women's History Month, and it speaks to uh, PNI sisterhood and mentorship, and it's a day conference. Or you might be attracted to our queer midi, which works on queerness and queer issues and building allyship uh, in Philam communities. Or it's our summer awareness and action program, which is a 10 week course that talks about our identity, socio political issues, history, pre colonial um, Philippines touching upon gender and sexuality. So there's so many intersections here that we work within. And I call it all civics. I call it all claiming your space, owning your power and building agency individually and collectively. So it's get in where it appeals to you. Mm. And we're not taking attendance. So come as you are and come as you see fit. And our number one priority, our principle is you don't alienate someone. Because believe you me, we do have people that roll into lead Filipino and they might have different beliefs on certain social issues Mm -hmm. and it gets hot. It gets hot in the room. Sometimes people blush. We've had some emotional, we've had a lot of emotional conversations, whether or not it was about anti-Asian hate. It was about police accountability. We did a lot um, in this last legislative year on police reform with Angelo Quinto's family. I don't know if you all saw that, but we were we were a leading voice in helping with the political strategy to get Assembly Bill 490 passed, which is the Justice for Angelo Quinto Act. So there's just so much that we're accounting for. And in our socio-emotional work and our healing work and building community, what I tell our organizers is take care of yourselves first. You have to pour into yourself before you can pour into the community. But really it's just about to go back to your question to kind of tie it back is we're available and we're accessible. And if I ever catch a whiff of someone trying to exclude another or coming across in a way where it's tense and there is any sense of shaming someone else for not coming in with a a certain knowledge base, then I'll be the first one to call them out in that session. So a lot of our organizers do come into this work with similar backgrounds, whether or not we've worked in public policy, we've worked in a political space, ethnic studies, social work, we all coalesce around this mission. And, and we all share in that in that embodiment of we're creating this, this ecosystem that really fosters and breeds this openness. And this and feeds that leadership and wants to propel that leadership of getting involved in, in civics and in community work. Mm. Wow. I really appreciate the come as you are mentality and like inviting people to the table, regardless of what their knowledge and background is, because I know from my experience, it's been difficult getting involved in any organization or any community where it always feels, or if it may feel exclusive or I don't have enough knowledge, I just feel discouraged. So I really appreciate the fact that you're like, you want to be involved, like, do it, Mm -hmm. show up, and we'll take you. Mm -hmm. This is a lot of work. You just you've just called out a bunch of initiatives that Lead Filipino has been a part of. And you also touched on this idea of like mental health and like pouring into yourself first. As the leader of this organization, I imagine there's a lot of pressure on you. So can you elaborate or speak to ways in which that you are exemplifying pouring into yourself? Like, how do you take care of yourself? You know, I'll be the first to say, um, Dustin, I, for the longest time, was not a good example. I did not model the behavior of work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I would always work. I am starting to have hobbies. For a good chunk of like six, seven years, I didn't have any hobbies. One of my homegirls asked me, what do you like to do in your free time? And I told her I like to get manis and petties. And she like disqualified those two activities and said that that was just grooming and self-care. And that wasn't necessarily a hobby. Hmm. And she's like, no, what do you do to be mindful? What do you do to sort of detach from any 
type of higher level, higher level thinking and activity that's commanding all of you. And I sat back and I was like, go to the club on Friday. And she's like, that's not a hobby. And so sort of, I say all that in jest, but I think this is a continuous, this is a continuous iterative process. And for me now, I'd say in the past 18 months, I might also say some of it was prompted by the pandemic. That was this forced slowdown. Like you are suspended. You need to just sit because nothing else is happening around you. And that was definitely, that was a rattling experience too. But in retrospect, it created in me this, I'd say I shifted. I shifted in terms of being on the go, constantly in motion, just miss woman about the town. If I wasn't at work, then I was at a social event. If I wasn't at the social event, maybe I was sleeping and that wasn't sustainable. And looking back, that is not the example that I would wish to set for anyone. And I did have this self-awareness that I was engaging in those behaviors and I would make jokes about it. But to, to kind of put aside all the humor, um, what I'm doing now is, is really shutting off the phone. Uh, there are moments three days, Friday to Sunday, where I am not online. I knew it was getting bad. I don't want to say bad. I don't like attributions of good or bad. I knew that I wasn't disconnecting when I went to the Philippines in 2016. And the whole time I was in the Philippines, I was like loading up SIM cards so I could answer lead Filipino emails. Mm. I think for me, I was like, okay, girl, you can love what you do, but there's a both and. You can love lead Filipino and you can also set aside sacred time for yourself. So for me now, present day, I do engage in therapy. I do have an executive coach. I do work out three to four times a week. I do my breathing and my stretching. I paint a lot. I have a virtual background here, so you can't see, but I paint a lot. I listen to podcasts like me search that I'm going to queue up on my, <laughs> on my collection of just sort of knowledge generation and, you know, different, um, different philosophies and ideologies that I like to listen to out there reading and just giving myself time to just be. And I'd say that that's my starting, that's sort of where I'm starting right now. It's, it has definitely been a, a wrestling uh, motion of sorts, but I'm feeling like I need this and it, it feels good. Heck yes. <laughs> I, I love that. Yes. I love that you said all of that because I think um, I'll speak for myself, but like as a, as a younger Filipino, like I, or maybe it was maybe just like a young American, mm-hmm. like I always felt like you need to work, like work for the hustle. There's mm-hmm. no such thing as a brick because you, you have somewhere to be, you have somewhere to end up or ach- you have things to achieve. Um, and there's like no room for breaks. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate a uh, leader in the Filipino community like yourself, like really giving folks permission because you're uh, talking about all of the things that you're doing to like practice self-care. I'm I'm hoping that folks listening to this will hear that and take it and apply it in their own lives, like seriously, because I think a lot of times we get overworked, especially um, in community organizations where you're pouring so much of yourself Mm. into the community. It's important, I feel, that uh, folks have heard you. So thank you for sharing that. I think for me, not to even reveal my age all on here, but you know, when I was sub 30 years old, almost wearing my, almost kind of riding on this tenacious spirit of, I don't need to sleep, I'll sleep when my time is up, and having these, I'd say, damaging thoughts and, and wearing them as a badge of honor. Like, ah, I don't need sleep and, and I'll get to it later. And then the body has a way of showing you the body, mm-hmm. the body keeps score and the body doesn't lie. Whether or not we're talking bags under the eyes, we're talking weight gain or weight loss. We're talking, you go to your checkup for your physical and then you find out things. I'm just speaking generally mm-hmm. for me. I, definitely took the pandemic as not just a forced reset, 
but really this cocooning phase of just going very inward, going very inward because we didn't have a choice, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but like going inward and really tapping into my vibrational energy. So now kind of waiting and navigating through this new season for all of us being not just setting the intention, but living that intention as well. And when I'm giving my quality time to people, to community, to another person, not having any distractions outside of that too, it's, it's for me, it's really about quality and listening to that and listening to my body. It took time. Again, I was not a good example of any semblance of a work-life balance. I was just a discombobulated equation. I think people would look at me and and wonder, you know, how I did it. Maybe they still are wondering how I do what I do, but it's, it's definitely going to look different for everyone. I love, I love how um, we're talking about listening to yourself um, and how all of that shows up in our body, um, shows up in our thoughts. And I want to kind of go into the mental health piece as far as, as far as, um, how we can take care of ourselves when we are trying to fight all of these oppressive structures and systems. And, you know, I remember when, uh, maybe like a decade ago when I was organizing with a group and I remember coming out of one session or one meeting and I can't remember exactly what we were talking about but I just remember getting into my car and just sitting there and feeling like so hopeless and so bogged down by like the weight of suffering that is happening in our world and it's it it just felt like a lot and I think at the moment I couldn't really put a name or I wanted to shoo away my feelings of like that heaviness and um, even a darkness in my thoughts after learning all of these things. And I kind of just want to maybe touch on how we can take care of ourselves in these moments when we are trying to learn about all of these hard things that we have to tackle um, and how to continue the fight without getting so depleted or sad that things don't happen or change doesn't happen right away. Like all of this psychological Mm -hmm. um, struggle that might arise when we are trying to get civically engaged. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, upon listening to you, Crystal, I want to shout out one of my sisters in community, Nicole Stewart, who is all things extraordinary and based out of the San Jose area, is an MSW, works as a school counselor in, um, at a local high school out here. But I want to borrow something she said at a Black History Month celebration I attended where she was guest speaking this past February. And she said how she spoke to this, this ideal and this value system of how we can care without caring. And Mm. I think it really speaks to everything you just described around how are we, how are we engaged in conversations that are rooted in addressing inequities or injustices that we know have, have an overlay and have an intersection with, with race and ethnicity and gender and power and privilege And how do we expose ourselves willingly to oppressive histories and carnage and state-sanctioned brutality? And when we, you know, extend that beyond this imperial core that we live in in the United States and we look at like pestilential, like global, like foreign policies that have pillaged, that have pillaged human lives, how do we how do we absorb that and not internalize it? And I think that's what I'm hearing from you. And, you know, Nicole's whole point of how do we care without, without caring is really this ongoing exercise. It's this, it's this ongoing exercise of we are showing up for ourselves first and foremost. So that is just 
a fundamental practice within Lead Filipino, take care of yourself first, whatever that means for you, because my self-care will look different than the next person, than the next person, than the next person, whatever is your healing treatment, whatever is your therapy, you prescribe and you define. And so first and foremost, caring for yourself before you can care for the next or a set of issues or a campaign or you know a longer term which short term intermediate and overarching you know initiatives whatever it might be in our social justice work you need to be that center and you need to first preserve yourself so self preservation in lead filipino we have no questions asked we have a lot of students family members seniors that will come in and apologize and say, I had to take a break for six months to a year to two years, but I was always watching your work. And time and time again, I let them know, you don't need to apologize. We're not taking roll call over here. We're just happy that you came through. We're here as a resource. And I do take, I do take my time and my breaks away as well. Granted, I haven't left lead Filipino for a year, but there have been there have been month blocks where I just have not been where I've been disengaged in a way where it was fulfilling for me to say, you know, I was operating at 110 and now I'm operating maybe at a 50% threshold right now. And I'm taking maybe five days to answer emails. Like for me, that latitude and that flexibility is, is that's radical for me. But like I said, your self-care and how you're giving to yourself to then show up on these larger scale, more pervasive, longer term issues. You know, you talked about um, teaching workshops around affordable housing, you know, all those social determinants of health, housing, um, access to food, access to healthcare, uh, transportation, all of these measures of us just trying to survive out here is what we just, is what we talk about and, and is always in our orbit in Lead Filipino. And so to care without caring, I think is a constant relationship that we talk about in a social setting so that folks like the three of us know that we're not alone and how we're responding to the stimuli around us. How can you not turn on CNN or whatever your news outlet of choice is and not be affected and not have, and not be affected like cognitively, emotionally, um, spiritually by the atrocities that are happening by other humans yeah. across this globe. So it's a constant, it's a constant checking in. I'd say tapping in, tapping out. Sometimes it's okay to tap out. I will not be the first person to, to guilt another person in community, another brother or sister in community for taking their time that they need to, to tap out. Thank you for saying that because, yeah. you know, it was a lot for me and um i kind of there was like an like another thing that made me a lot like really scared to like come back full force into like community organizing and i kind of slipped away um and i felt really guilty for slipping away because I couldn't even name or identify what was going on in my body and going on in my head. And I just needed to walk away. And I felt really guilty for walking away. I didn't know how to come back into this kind of work, which is something that I'm very, 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 very passionate about. And um, I'm just, I just feel like I, um, well, one, I, I really needed to heal a lot of my own stuff because, yeah, pouring into yourself, you got to pour into yourself because all of that love will overflow. Mm -hmm. um, I did not know that until like maybe last year. Mm -hmm. And um, and to be gentle with yourself and that, yes, this is okay. It is okay. And it's expected if you're if you're overwhelmed and that doesn't make you um unwelcomed or not part of what change can still be totally. so thank you for 
for that because that really really meant a lot oh yeah absolutely absolutely and I'd like to shout out in this space uh, one of my homegirls one of the I call her a founding organizer even if it makes her blush uh, Jessica we call her J area page she just finished her master of social work at the University of Hawaii and it was really through Jay's leadership and her urging that in 2017, we infused into our programs in Lead Filipino topics and conversations of mental health. And she's well on her way to becoming a licensed clinical social worker. Um, we need more, you, you know, we need more uh, Filipinas X's and O's in spaces of behavioral and community health working with our youth and with our adolescents and our families that we know are experiencing complex trauma and need spaces to process and need spaces of therapy and, and healing with someone who looks like them, with someone who can represent and understand cultural, cultural interactions around behavioral health and mental health and what that means. Mm. Yeah. Another shout out to my therapist. <laughs> and she's amazing. And she's Sharon. And I love her. Shout out, I'm Sharon. saying that's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, so before we go into our, our break, um, I want to also invite you to shout out anybody else you want to shout out and any initiatives or any issues that we need to be aware of as folks who may or may not be like connected to the community? Like what are some things that we should be paying attention to or people we should be paying attention to? Ooh, okay. I'll try to hit all that. First shout outs to Crystal and Dustin for hey. inviting, <laughs> inviting me to share a bit about Lead Filipino and it being my, my literal heart, my, my, pride and joy, as corny as that sounds, but Lead Filipino is, is just, it is what a damn privilege of my life to be involved in the growth and the evolution of um, an organization that has achieved and has touched so many people in, in such a, you know, a short frame of time. So thank you to both of you for inviting us. In terms of Lead Filipino, we meet monthly and we are still kind of solidly in this virtual space, folks. So that's uh, the second Sunday of every month from 6 to 8 p.m. We bring organizational updates as well as feature a variety of different topics that relate to Philam identity and multi-generational you know, issues, mental and behavioral health, socio-political issues. And just recently, we hosted a workshop all focused on the elections in the Philippines. We had one of our friends bring in uh, one of his connections in the Philippines, a CNN a political uh, journalist that is just basically traversing the country right now and covering the elections. But in terms of big initiatives that we have coming up that we'll be working on, we have a partnership with Stanford, uh, specifically their Cancer Institute, and we'll be launching a one year long community action study to really go deep and to look at the different, the knowledge levels and the attitudes of philams around cancer prevention and awareness. Um, because there is an underrepresentation of, of philams in medical literature and in clinical trials for very valid reasons, I'll say, in terms of just trying to build trust within communities and the medical community, I don't think has like the, the rosiest reputation out there with a lot of our, you know, groups, but really trying to understand and bring representation and visibility to that space around just attitudes and how we interact with cancer. Um, so partnering with the Stanford Cancer Institute to launch that later this year, we are hosting our second annual Queer Lakbai Summit. And I don't wanna announce who our keynote speaker is yet because we're kind of brokering that right now, but a heavy hitter. And I wanna give shout outs to our queer committee that's led by Celeste Francisco. This is a space again of inclusion and belonging, really trying to build the capacity and build the leadership of, of all our divine uh, queer uh, Filipina X and O leaders. It's an issue that touches me very closely as a queer um, community member myself. And then lastly, I would just like to raise up our work with the Delano Monongs Park. 
committee, which is a community-driven, volunteer-led space of families, students, advocates, educators, historians that are all trying to, to fundraise right now to develop a park on the east side of San Jose that was named in this past year after the Delano Manongs. And that park is slated to open later this year. So we want to keep raising money to bring in more uh, cultural and, and visual representation around that park that is emblematic of our rich Philippines uh, society and culture. So just a, just a few things that we have cooking up over here. If, if you both ever find yourselves in San Jose, you are always welcome at our office. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Amazing. Hey. 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 <laughs> We're going to take a quick break, though, but sit tight. We'll be back with Joe. Oh, woo woo. Woo 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 woo. Hey. <laughs> hey, everyone. We're back. Hey, everyone. We're, We're back. back. We're back, back. with Jill. Woo woo. All right, so we have talked so much about uh, about all of the really amazing things that Lead Filipino is doing, all of the um, uh, amazing leaders that you are working with, Jell, to make things happen. Um, we've had a really good conversation today. So, yes, based on all of what we've talked about, is there any like one or two things that you want our listeners to walk away with from our conversation? Ooh. Ooh, summaries are always real tough for me. I don't know if you all picked up on it, but I'm very long-winded. So <laughs> no one would ever describe me as saying she was a woman of a few words, but <laughs> I, think, I think if I had to, to really encapsulate everything, I would say chiefly two things. We are here and we are here to serve. The thing about Lead Filipino is the conversations that we facilitate and the topics that we address through our conferences, our workshops, our policy papers, our advocacy platform when we go to Sacramento. These are issues and topics that go unaddressed, that go unaddressed, I would say, in most settings, and in most environments that we as that we as workers, we as individuals, we as patrons might not otherwise talk about. Because I'll tell you, if I'm not walking into Lead Filipinos like figurative doors, no one is asking me, or no one has ever asked me how I as a queer identifying PNI interacted with X, Y, and Z or what my genealogy is and where from the Philippines my family immigrated from, or how my identity and how my family story has contributed to how I show up in professional American spaces. So we are here and we are here to serve. And so, of course, we have a number of partners across the state and across the country. And if you ever, again, find yourself in San Jose, please come on through. But we're also available online. We aren't entirely back in the flesh yet. So just a lot of work, a lot of, a lot of good, just, you know, intentions and good-hearted people um, involved in our work with their shoulders to the with their shoulders to the wheel. And we have many exciting initiatives and longer term campaigns that I spoke to earlier that we'll be spending a lot of time on. And these campaigns and initiatives aren't exclusive folks. Like we definitely want to create again, a space of learning, a space of engagement, a space of participation. And there are so many different ways to get involved. I think when folks, approach us and, and they want to learn more about Lead Filipino and getting involved, I always recommend that they check out one of our programs first. Maybe you should come to a monthly meeting or try, you know, if it's a summertime, check out our, check out our awareness and action program. Depending on what season we're in, I might just suggest that they attend an event or come to a meeting first because 
to, to organize and to lead in our programs is just a deeper level of involvement. And so in the name of keeping this organization accessible, we have so many entry points to getting involved. Amazing. Love that. So say I'm just uh, a random Dustin on the street, <laughs> maybe, um, maybe not even in San Jose as I am actually Dustin, not in San Jose. So let's say I wanted to get involved and I wanted to perhaps join a meeting or learn about when these meetings are held. Like, where can I go to uh, look up when the next meeting is happening? Or how can I, where can I go to find out more about what you all are doing at Lead Filipino? Well, Dustin, I hope this is you asking hypothetically about <laughs> you getting involved. But um... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we are, we are best on our Instagram, everyone. <laughs> mm, okay. Our Instagram game, we have definitely leveled up. And that is, that is all because of our program manager, Camille. What's up, Camille? If you ever listened to this, um, check out our Instagram. That's where we post most regularly. We'll have little video snippets. We'll, we have our link tree that directs to our calendar. On our website, you can also access our calendar that will show our, our standing meetings, so our monthly meetings. And that's also where we post sort of more descriptive uh, overviews of our upcoming events and where you can register for our different programs and whatnot. But I'd say lead Filipino, that's Instagram.com backslash lead underscore Filipino. And then our website is leadfilipino.org. And the Twitter and Facebook are all lead Filipino, lead Filipino. All right, y'all follow the ads, get involved and yeah. say what's up. Yeah. 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 Um, wait, so you're saying a little crystal from Los Angeles can also get involved with Lead Filipino in San Jose? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> right um, now, all of our <laughs> all of our programs for the foreseeable rest of 2022 um, will be virtual. So even as we move into our office space, I think a, a small group of our organizing team and our uh, part-time staff will be at that office space, but, you know, with a big screen and, and running all of our programs on through Zoom and our services through Zoom. So catch us on that second Sunday of every month from six to eight. That's, you know, where we have our, our monthly workshops and we have our different organizers come and present and, and lead those sessions. We have our Queer Lock by Summit coming up on June 4th from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. with an after party. That will be in that will be in the flesh. I'm sorry. The after party <laughs> is looking like it might be somewhere in Oakland. Um, and then, yeah, we have our our summer awareness and action program, which is the Filipino American Studies class, which mixes in civic engagement starting in late June and running through early September. That is virtual, so that'll be ten weeks, uh, virtually led, and our instructors in that program. Are, are scholars of, of Philippines, like literal Philam studies and like Philippine studies. One of mm -hmm. them is a Fulbright scholar that did work coursework at De La Salle University out in the Philippines. He's like our resident professor. Um, so really just a whole lot going on. This is a very, we're about to embark on one of the busiest seasons uh, for Lead Filipino because after the summer is when we get into our, and you all know about this, uh, Philam History Month madness. So Ooh. we are running amok during FAM. Wow. <laughs> all the things to do. All the things to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Jell, thank you so much for joining us for sharing with us, for being in community with us. We are so grateful for all the work that you do. And um, if your heart is not open, that's okay. We'll meet you where you're at, and then maybe it will open. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, y'all. This was Dr. Angelica Gel Cortez. Thank you so much. Well, damn. That God. was a. 
amazing. That was an amazing, amazing conversation with an amazing human. I liked her a lot. Yeah. I like I like how comfortable she made me feel. Yes. And like I think for me, what is intimidating about folks in academia or like folks who have their like doctorate degrees, even though like I'm technically one of these people, but I just find them to be so intimidating. But um for folks in the community, they're all super down to earth. And I don't know yes. if it's just like a matter of like the um like the code switching that happens or like the shared affinity and like the, the cultural like the shared culture that we have with Filipinos in academia, academia. Mm -hmm. um, but like, dude, she's super chill. Ugh. I loved having Jill on the show. Yeah, yeah. What What's a takeaway for you from this conversation? Um, well, first, I want to say, and also quickly going back to one of our previous episodes, I mm -hmm. kind of had like an imposter syndrome moment because yes, our our me searching is a form of community work. And yes. our goal is to connect the dots for people and with one another. So I have to like work on that. <laughs> mm. Can I, okay, I want to pose a question to you. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to take credit for like putting this thought into words because I've heard this from someone, from someone else or mm -hmm. like I read it somewhere. But do you feel like... Think about this honestly. Is it truly imposter syndrome or is it white supremacy? Both. <laughs> and I asked the question because the term white supremacy was coined by white researchers to describe the, uh, the habit or the phenomena of people of color, like, not, like, putting themselves out there or not believing in them believing in themselves. Yeah. I've seen folks like talk about this idea of imposter syndrome and the fact that they are, uh, that they feel that they don't have the capacity to perform is not necessarily something that was attributed to like an internal thing. It's like factors external as a result of white supremacist um, structures and systems. Uh, this that's another episode, oh but I just wanted to call that out because God. you 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 uh, say you say like oh I'm feeling imposter syndrome, but I also want you to think about maybe like that shit's external also like people make you feel that way, damn. or systems make you feel that way. Damn, that's good. Yeah, fuck. Okay. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, that another we're episode. We're gonna keep diving. This but is let's, this let's is, dive yeah. into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, that's definitely another episode. Definitely want to talk about that 100%. Huh. Um, anyway, going mm. back to our amazing conversation, I loved how Jell and the organization that she's created has provided such a safe space. I feel like this is like the definition of a safe space. Um, yeah. Because there's no judgment about how you're coming in because how you're coming in is how you're coming in and there's no shame attached to that. There is no closed door. There's none of that. It's just this open space because I think that sometimes, like you were talking in, in, in the interview, it's kind of intimidating to come into these, these spaces and in communities when like you feel like you don't know as much and then you kind of yeah. clam up. And I feel like that can kind of, I feel like that can go into many different facets about how you're feeling. Like for me, for example, for me, like I was feeling guilty and I was feeling scared um, about how I was feeling when I used to uh, be in community organizing or to engage in community organizing. I was scared and I shamed myself and I didn't know how to come back 
to that. Like in, in this kind of space where I'm like on the ground and wanting, not that this isn't on the ground, but like on, like on the outside in the public. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. this is also public, but you know what I mean? Anyway. <laughs> I, I gotcha. I gotcha. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, um, it's good to know that there is a community and um, I hope that we can adopt this idea if we're trying to create change so that these oppressive systems don't make people feel like they can't be somewhere. We also have to meet everyone where they're at if we are trying to create a community and an ecosystem that is welcoming of all. And so I think for me, like the guilt and the shame of coming back into community organizing or an organization or into a group of any kind of sort when it comes to um, social justice work. Um, I love that there is a space in San Jose and she's maybe creating a culture where um, you really can come as you are. And if you're feeling heavy about the stuff that you're learning or if you have your own shit that you need to work on before you can help work with the community or if like maybe you're shy and maybe you just need some kind of training to figure out how you fit in into the world of community organizing or civic engagement. If that means you become a politician in some way, if you become like an artist for a politician to, I don't know, there's just like so many things that I feel like I used to think of organizing and um trying to make change um in such a myopic way mm-hmm. and there was only one way to do it like a re- one real way to like go out there and make like a like a big change but i f- yeah. i i i'm reminded by you i'm reminded by gel that everyone has their thing and you are enough again and what you have whatever it may be wherever you are there is a way to contribute if that means like coming into yourself or taking a break or leaning into your gifts and your talents to make change in the community then that's great i think i think that's just wonderful how she's creating a culture of meeting folks where they are to get started so that they can meet everyone in the world, in the community, where they're at, and then maybe there can be peace. <laughs> maybe peace eventually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, you know, I love that. I love that there is um, open arms here because I think that's what we're all just trying to do. And there's no shame when you need to kind of step away. There's no shame in, like, if you have a specific talents over another talent that, you know, you feel might make a more impactful change. Everything, everything matters, you know? Everything matters. Yeah. I, and I think what you said really sums up the sentiment. It's that in the spaces, in the spaces that um, are offered at Lead Filipino, it really is uh reminding folks that you are worthy and enough to participate and to be in community um and you say that often like you are enough you are worthy and i'm glad that there is an actual organization that is practicing that because i i personally feel as somebody who has experienced the the thoughts of not being filipino enough to want to be involved in the filipino community but feeling like you don't have the enough ex- have enough expertise or like background knowledge, it's very discouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think my biggest takeaway from Jell in this conversation is that with all of the work that you or anybody can do in these organizations, it's really heavy. Mm. And you have to be able to serve yourself before you can serve others. And she said, uh, the phrase that she used was pour into yourself first. And I like that a lot because like I said in the episode, we in like Western culture are very uh, encouraged to live the hustle 
and we don't give ourselves enough breaks mm. or enough time to serve ourselves in the way, whatever way that that is, to like fill our cups, to 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 be, to find peace in just being as opposed to producing. Um, so I really appreciate the fact that somebody of of her uh, leadership level involved in the community is. Although she admitted to not having practiced that before, is practicing it now. So I, I, I'm hoping that uh, folks have really heard that because it really still resonates with me. And I'll, I'll continue to think about that um, moving forward because it's something that I'm currently still trying to practice. Um, because it's so easy to like say yes to so many things. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to get involved in a lot of things, especially with things that you're passionate about. And then you just lose track of like, how much steam you're ex, 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 uh, how much steam you're losing yes yeah so serve yourselves y'all before you can serve others like take care of yourselves before you can take care of others um because if you if you if you're down for the count you can't be in community <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. and back to your point, Crystal. It's like if you're down for the count to rest, that's also fine. Come back when you're ready. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. And yeah. yeah, it's it's you know I, I'm literally visualizing a cup, right? Uh huh. And it's like if we are the cup and we literally pour like love love liquid into the cup. love juice love oh juice and just keep <laughs> i was gonna say love juice at first and i was like uh, i don't know i'm gonna say love liquid <laughs> well we said it we said it it's been said <laughs> it's been all right said. anyway love juice love juice it, yeah yeah you yeah. pour it like, you literally pour it i feel like this is like very um didactic and very just yeah, this is very fundamental knowledge. But like if you literally pour the love into the cup, the love juice into the cup, and you keep going, it's gonna overflow at some point. There is a yeah. there is a a brim to the cup, everyone. So fill it up and keep on filling it until it just gets everywhere. It's the best spill in the world. It's the best mess in the world, and it's called love juice. A love juice mess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Well, Jill, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I'm hoping you're listening back to this because you said you'd listen. You said you'd tune in. <laughs> so you better be, like, accepting this love right now. And for everyone listening to the episode, thank you for joining us. Um, Let's end with positive affirmations. Yeah. Yeah. My positive affirmation is you can be who you are and that is okay. Hmm. Mm. Uh. Mm. Um. I don't know how to say this. Okay. So I'm just going to say what's happening in my head. Okay. So <laughs> we'll wordsmith it. We'll wordsmith okay, it. So I'm imagining we are like this little piece of cloth. Like you're a little piece of cloth, and I'm a little piece of like fuzzy cloth. It's like a bunch of fuzzy cloth. Maybe we have a little bit of like, um, like, um, um, cushion cushion underneath us and then we kind of fall into place into this big big pillow big pillow that everyone's saying hey let's 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 all come together and make a pillow and um it's like oh yeah because like i'm so fuzzy and cute and we're gonna make a really cute fuzzy big pillow for someone just in case they need to fall into it <laughs> So we are cut from the same cloth for the purpose of for the purpose of care for others. Yes. Something of that nature. Yeah. 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 I picture it we're all red fuzz. We're fu okay, so the the affirmation is we're red fuzz. <laughs> we are red fuzz here to help you rest. Yes. And take care. Yes. And that's be, what me search is. And be cozy with one another. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Be cozy with one another. That's uh, that's Perfectly oh my well God, said. Yes. I love that. Be cozy. Be cozy with one another. Yes. 
Let's add that on our mugs. <gasps> if we have merch, oh my gosh, season three, we're going to have merch. Okay. We're going to have merch mugs Ooh. and then we're going to pit. We're going to say co- get cozy with one another. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> that is some cute ass shit. <laughs> we're going to have cute ass merch, everybody, shit. for season three. Jeez, Louise. <sighs> Stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned for season three, everyone. Ooh. It's coming. Well, it's coming. It's, it's coming. coming. All right. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate it. This is me search. <laughs> this is me search. <laughs> this is me search. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>